0: This episode briefly discusses suicide and suicidal ideation. If you or someone you know is struggling, call or text 988 to talk to someone now.
1: Running is running, sure, but it is different.
0: Yeah, I mean, what what I'm hearing is that trail runners are better than road runners.
1: Well, That's obviously, what I hear
0: you saying, I mean, yeah. like you did the groups with the, you know, the, the regular race road runners, but then you met the trail runners and you were like, no, these are my people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> What's the big idea?
0: <laughs> this show includes references to information published on trailrunnermag.com and vaclaimsinsider.com. Links to the specific articles, as well as how to connect with our guests will be provided in the show notes. Hey everybody, this is Nikki Tamburino, aka One Classy Mother Runner on Instagram, and you're listening to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast, the show that explores the why of running for people who love to run. Today we're talking about Bigger Than the Trail with Charles Starkey and Adam Delsman, two ambassadors who have also benefited from the services offered by the organization. We'll discuss everything there is to know about Bigger Than the Trail's mission and explore how running can and is helping those who struggle with mental health. Thanks for joining. Now let's get started. Throughout the show today, I'll be alternating clips from my conversations with our guests and providing commentary from my own research. I hope you enjoy the unique structure of the show. As always, I'm honored to have the opportunity to share the following information with you and support our guests through this listening community.
2: At this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts.
1: My life situation, the, the the mental health struggles that I have, are not a product of a childhood trauma or of a familial issue. Um, it's just genetics. And I didn't discover any of this, though, until later in life, until into my late 40s.
0: That was Charles Starkey, one of our guest ambassadors from Bigger Than the Trail. As you're here throughout this episode, Bigger Than The Trail is an organization that uses trail running as a platform to improve the lives of those struggling with mental health.
1: And I'll say any mental health thing, we have no, Bigger Than The Trail has no stake in what an individual's concern is. It could be depression, anxiety, uh, bipolar, schizophrenia, addiction of any type. We don't know, we don't need to know, and none of that information is given to us. When a person fills out a form, it, they're connected with better help. We don't have a list of the names and anybody's conditions or none of that. It is 100 percent private and secure for the person. We are just this facilitator getting, you know, setting up this little conduit that people can use. That's all.
0: By coming to terms with his own mental health challenges, Charles has been able to identify the signs of mental health difficulties in others, and that fuels him to promote awareness and shed light on resources available to those who struggle.
1: People do reach out to me. I'm not a therapist or a counselor, but people reach out to me because of my advocacy. Um, they wanna know about Bigger Than The Trail, and so they'll ask about how that works or you know how to get started. And sometimes people will just confide in me about things, um, and that's perfectly fine. I, I, I love it, I embrace it. Um, I talk with them as a friend, and I absolutely recommend them, you know, to talk to someone, you know, uh, prof- a professional as, as as needed as they as they feel comfortable with.
0: It was clear through my conversation with Charles that he is passionate about his service through Bigger Than the Trail and in supporting others who have served. With that in mind, I want to now introduce you to Adam Delsman.
3: Sure. So um, this is my second time around. Um, my first time getting involved was not being an ambassador. So I was, uh, I'm a military veteran. So I had just kind of started my journey of ultra running. Um, I've had a pretty good year uh, the year before, but that year I was just down kind of in the dumps. Uh, I had an injury, was depressed, just dealing with things and bigger than the trail reached out and offered to send me to um, a running camp for veterans Uh, and that's in that's actually in leaky texas through band of runners uh, which is another great organization and yeah so through that i met tommy who is uh the head guy at bigger than the trail and we became friends and he i was like
1: oh maybe i'll try for an ambassador he's like oh you are it's not just about trail running, but that's, that's where the platform started. It was like it was a couple of guys, Tommy Byrne, he was featured, uh, two, two or three issues ago in trail runner magazine. They did a whole article about him and about our group. He, and like a couple others founded this and they're, yeah, they're trail runners and they just kind of, you're out there. It's a, it's a way to think about it. Hey, we could raise you know money to support this stuff via running. That's an easy vehicle for doing charity work and fundraising, putting that together. Um, it's just a way to help people.
0: Tommy Byrne, the founder of Bigger Than The Trail, was diagnosed with bipolar disorder six months after seeking treatment for his own mental health struggles that began in his childhood. An article in trailrunnermag.com describes that Tommy often felt alone in parts of his journey and wanted to share what he'd gone through in the hopes it would make others feel less alone.
1: The basics are, well, the first, Uh, plank would be awareness. So we put out information um, about just raising awareness of the fact that, hey, mental health is a thing. You have physical health. There's your body. Well, your brain is an organ. It matters. So mental health isn't just some crazy off to the side or just someone locked up in a loony bin. It's everybody. Everybody has mental health. Where is yours along the spectrum? Everybody has physical health. So raising awareness that it's there, raising awareness about the fact that there's though this significant stigma. That's a huge thing, is like fighting the stigma. No one, if you if your stomach hurts and you go to the doctor, like nobody's like, Oh, pff, look at you, like weak, you know, weak stomach willy, like haha let's make fun of it. Like nobody says it. like that's dumb, right? <laughs> if you're hey runners, if you know, if your knee hurts, nobody gives a shit if you go to your orthopedist because your knee hurts. Like if anything, it's you're dumb if you don't. Why do we give people a hard time if they seek out help for their mental health? Why? Hey, I'm having a hard time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm going to see the doctor about my stomach. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm going to my doc to, to help out with something, you know, going on emotionally or in my head. But there is, there's a stigma. It's a huge one. It's been there forever, probably. And so we try to raise awareness, we do raise awareness about the fact it's there, that there's stigma, that there doesn't need to be a stigma, that you're not alone, that there are an infinite, there's an infinite variation of of mental health, um, all different types. And it's okay. It's okay. That whole phrase you see, it's okay to not be okay.
0: Mm-hmm. It really is. As mentioned previously, Tommy Byrne was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. It's a disorder characterized by wide ranging and inconsistent variation in moods and is frequently rooted in past trauma. It's often not discussed in regard to veterans, but many veterans experience traumatic events and circumstances that would be unusual in the civilian world. The effect of these experiences on veterans often ends up as mental health issues which thankfully in many cases can be lessened or even cured with treatment
1: over the years people there's more information coming out about mental health struggles uh, and especially of of the military the awareness about like the suicide rate all those things it, it wasn't right away but it slowly crept up over time now well not as much now but let's say over the last 10 years that was something that would come up frequently in in the news like the the rates of soldier suicides or the just the the PTSD the struggles coming back it wasn't as well known in the public conscience or understood even in those earlier years by the time I went in and went over there was there was more awareness so the army had a little bit of mental health stuff that they would They would teach. They had this thing they called the Master Resiliency Program. We learned a little bit about that, and we learned a little bit about like mental states. Um,
0: what do you think it is that that hmm. people struggle with the most? Like that, are in the military? Like, what's the?
1: in we said, like, you're right. Like, like obviously, like, oh, you get shot, or you know, your buddy next to you gets shot. Those are awful, horrible, big things. And, and obvious things, it doesn't take away from them, but it's like, okay, no question. Like we, okay, no, we totally get that. But obviously everybody is not getting blown up. Everybody isn't. So, but there are still these huge, huge challenges. So but your question is is fantastic. Like what, well, what are the other factors? Um, there's so many separation from home. You know, you're, you suddenly are away for a long time and in a difficult place, could be dangerous. It could just be difficult. That's a big factor, especially the younger you are, especially if it's your first deployment, you know, that just never encountered anything like that before. Um, and there's just, there is a life difference between, you know, a 21 year old, 20. I mean, think about it, they go in 17, 18, 19. So you're, could be that age, but let's say on average 20, 22, you don't have a lot of life experience That's different than somebody like myself. I went over this kind of deployment for the first time, and I was, I don't know, older, uh, thirty nine, but I'd been around a little bit, so it was a little bit different. That's a big thing. Life is different over there. In some ways, it's easy. You can't. You can focus on your job and what's around, and you have fun. Like when you're, you're not just constantly working, like. Everybody, especially these days, everybody over there is just playing their Xbox or PlayStation like all the time. They're not like working or doing their thing. They're just chilling out. They're hitting the gym. are going to hookah lounge, especially like in Iraq. It's always like a hookah lounge, like on base. Um, but you can't do all your home stuff. You can't take care of your kids. You can't pay the bills. You can't go to the meeting and do the thing and do the this, especially like for reservists, let's say. So there is a little bit of a freeing feeling of, I just have to do what, I, that's all I can do. And it's it's kind of easier day to day in some ways. Then when you come back, all that comes back in. It's, yeah, yeah, that's great, but you have to go to your job, and you have to pay the bills, and you got to mow the lawn, and you got to take your kids to practice, and then you got to help, you know, little Jenny with her homework, and, and then you've got this Other it's just like regular life that we all live, but all of a sudden that all comes back. That's hard.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Everything's not taken care of. Um that's hard. Uh separation, the the change and that kind of thing the per- sense of uh, and uh, like maybe the larger philosophical things would be like the the sense of purpose, you know, why are we there? What are we really doing? Okay, I'm here for 9 months and every day we're slaving away doing whatever, you know, maybe you're in the motor and you're just, you know, you're working on trucks all day long, getting ready to go out and fixing them and cleaning them and doing inventory. Why am I even doing this? What the fuck is the purpose of this? After the first several years when we we weren't doing major combat operations anymore for years and years and years and years and years, and years across both countries. All this training and engagement and what are we even doing? I'm not questioning it right this second, but that's a thing that a lot of people have a hard time with. And there may be a really good reason. Oh, well, here's what we're doing. But it's not something that necessarily everybody is informed of and, and, and takes in. Why are we even here? What are we doing? It does get boring. It gets shitty. It's hot and it's cold so weird conditions all those factors combination of those maybe you have family trouble with a spouse with a child with a parent there's a lot of strain in military relationships um that could be tough for a lot of people active and reserve so i think i don't know those and probably a thousand other factors i had some personal difficulties there like right at the end some things It made it hard when I got back. And I will say I came back and I struggled a little bit. Um, I didn't get blown up. I didn't have all that, of course, but I had my own transition problems coming back and it wasn't immediately, but after a few months, like back at work, I was really having a hard time. Headaches, couldn't concentrate. I find myself in the middle of the workday, just putting my head down, like on my desk. I, I could barely make it through the day. I couldn't get anything done. And I noticed it, and then others noticed it. and so finally, I went to um, uh, within where I work, they have employee assistance, counseling and stuff. and so I went to them and I and it's the first time I ever went and saw a counselor myself and did that for like six months and that that helped to to address some things. It wasn't just the military stuff. there's other personal things happening, but Um, that was the first time that I talked to a professional and realized that I was having some trouble and, uh, it helped.
0: So you're a veteran and you came out of the army when?
3: In 2013, I got done with a four-and-a-half-year uh, time in service. So in, I graduated in 2009, and in 2009, I immediately got on a bus, went to Milwaukee, and then shipped out to uh, boot camp.
0: So okay. It was
3: pretty pretty instantaneous. I didn't really waste any time.
0: Okay. And what was your drive to go into the Army?
3: Ooh, um. Uh, I guess the escape, adventure, um, but the more I unpack it, the more I realize I was kind of looking for a means to an end. I didn't really want to live, but I didn't want to kill myself either. Uh, Mm. I thought if I died a warrior, that would make my family proud rather than being a shameful suicide. I could die that way. Uh, So I joined and I purposely went a route where I was like, I'm going to war. Let's go fight. Uh, And so that's what I did. (laughs)
0: was that helpful for you? Did things change uh, with that structure and kind of, or did you come back and kind of just. Um,
3: yeah. I, I, yeah, it definitely. I would say when I was in the service, I never really felt depressed or anything, um, but that's because I fit in good there. Like not really great with the uh, emotions and stuff. So like, I mean, I was there for three weeks and I walked in on a suicide attempt and like, I don't know. It just didn't really phase me, and everybody else was all grossed out and like. So I, I knew I fit in, and then mm-hmm. when I got, i um, I was a personal security guard. So then I really fit in because like then I had to be like top of the class, like top of the food chain. Which I was a good runner then. I was working out all the time, um, and I didn't care. Like I, I I was perfectly fine catching a bullet. So it it was the perfect job for me, honestly.
0: <laughs> Have yeah. you struggled with depression for a long time then?
3: Um. More than likely, I just didn't recognize it until much later on in life that um, I was kind of dealing with things that were beyond what I could deal with alone. Um, But I was such a loner that I wasn't really, I wasn't talking to anybody. I wasn't relating to anybody. So I never knew that, hey, you know, other people feel this way too, and you can get help and you can feel better.
0: See, I mean, it seems like you're pretty open about um, your mental health and what you do to cope with it and do you blog do you speak out in any other way
3: so that's that's kind of where my dilemma is is i i'll be decent at social media but then if i get depressed like i'm very reclusive i just talk to like my wife and stuff and like especially seasonally so like every winter i get way off of social media and then like i'll start to trickle back in so like i'm posting things again I always
1: will say talk about that about the roller coaster. It is definitely that. It's a it's a big one with big dips and dives and big rises. But then there's also little tiny, just little little dimples along the way. And you might be uh, yeah, ideally you're you're seeking that like long term upward trend. But yeah, there's dips and dives all the time. And I have them myself. I'll be riding on a high, and then out of nowhere, without really much of an external cause at all, I'll have an emotional plummet. It just happens sometimes. Out of my particular set of challenges, Uh I'll have an emotional plummet and I gotta pull myself out of that. Each one that happens, I'm learning more and more about how to recognize the signs and how to recover a little better, a little faster. But it's, you know, it's hard. It's definitely hard.
0: How did Bigger Than the Trail, like? how did they connect with you and know that you were struggling at the time when they you know, offered you the camp, sure. the help for the camp?
3: Well, so truthfully, it's mostly coincidence. Um, I'm fortunate that I live in a rather small town, but out of the small town, it's kind of packed with ultra runners. There's like a solid core of like, I'd say about 10 of us and we all run together and we all know each other. And I got really lucky that I just reached out at the right time on the right group. And this guy named Ryan Norton heard or saw my post and immediately was like, Hey, come run with me tomorrow. Let's see what you got. And then from there, like just kind of like started really, I don't, I wouldn't say coaching. He, he wouldn't like that term, but like showing me the way and the direction and just helping me out. Um, he, kn- he knew I was sober um, from I was absent from alcohol, and so was he. So I think that meant a lot. And then being a veteran, so he just kind of pointed the directions. And then one day, bigger than the trail reached out to him was like, you know, any veterans? And I, he kind of knew I was down in the dumps, but I'm sure he didn't know the full scope. It just all kind of happened to be the right time.
0: So, uh, so you met this uh, this guy, and he uh, had the connection. <laughs> with bigger than the trail, they asked if they knew any veterans and he knew that you were struggling. And so he mentioned your name and they reached out to you and you're like, hey, do you wanna go to this camp? So can you tell us a little more about your experience in that camp?
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, So uh, credit to my wife, like random, like they literally gave me a three week notice. And so like, and we had um, our little one who I guess at that time was probably about two. Or like yeah, about two. And um so I go down to Texas, bigger than the trail, paid for the flight and the camp expense. And um yeah, I mean I've made absolutely some of my best friends in life through that camp. Um people that all I don't know, I can't explain the connection. It's just like it's not even that misery connection, it's an instant connection where like I just know that person knows what I'm thinking. And he knows, like, it's just so strange. Um, And then not only that, like that that was fortunate that I had that connection with people, but then to be around other veterans and just to kind of, I don't know, relate. Like, it was so cool. There was no cell phones like service at all. So nobody was on a phone. Everybody was just talking and just like letting it out a bit. And then there was amazing runners like Scotty Mills, who's run Western States what is he at, like 10 times, I don't know, he's got like 10 finishes, some craziness, and I think it's 20 now, actually, I can't even think, there's just so many, Pam Prophet, um, and all these crazy people that are great mentors, too, and they're just willing to, like, you know, put their business out there, too, and, like, be like, hey, like, you know, I think every, I think one of the best quotes was, like, every trail runner's got their issues, and that's why we're all out here, and it, it's so true, and that camp definitely, it brings it out and then it brings all these veterans to a community and then it extends beyond that and more recently we've started doing um badger 100 is here in wisconsin and it's in uh southern wisconsin and every year we get like all the band runners unite down in wisconsin we all camp and hang out and help each other finish like anybody that wants to do whatever distance at badger like there's a crew there for you like we're at every aid station there's pacers last year i ran a uh, Actually ran a hundred k pacing four different people to help them finish. Yeah, so it was it was a blast. I mean, it was honestly that's that's like the highlights of my running career is uh, helping other veterans and just other people crush it. Like, I don't know, I, it'd be cool to win, and I have I've had a win now, and I'd like to keep going. But like, I don't know, that didn't feel as successful as um, helping other people finish.
1: am late to everything in life um, as I've come to learn it's not an excuse but it is an informative explanation that ADHD uh, often manifests uh, one of the, the symptoms or the effects as time management trouble mm. so I, I knowing that is a help to one not beat myself up and two A little bit of a heads up to oh that's right I need to extra plan to be on time for things or the or that thing that's really super important for that at least make sure you're on time if you're if you're late to this or that well so be it but but personally mentally emotionally spiritually it was learning that I can be out there mostly alone and I can do fine but then how I choose to draw strength from others as well. You know, those, those people you meet on the trail, the aid station, um, friends and you know, all that they did for me. I spend time alone and I've, I, that has been me alone in the dark a lot in my life. And that's that phrase could be interpreted literally and, and also figuratively and figuratively in multiple ways. Um, I'm still there. Sometimes, a lot of times, but I'm also with people, and it's been a, it's been a journey in a positive direction over time. The, the curve is going up uh, on the, the x and y axis. The curve is it is curving upward you know, in my life with these things and running is such a huge part of that.
0: As a Marine Corps veteran, Charles is drawn to the sport of running by the same things that united him with his fellow service members yeah and you had said um it's something that i read that uh what drew you to running were like the same things that um united you with like other service people and i'm just reading like literally off what i wrote down but like adversity camaraderie and a sense of accomplishment like all that stuff was similar um Mm -hmm. yeah
1: It, it it is like whether you know whatever it is if you're going out on like a let's say like a couple mile training run or you're doing a big race or you're doing some different kind of like, Hey, we're going to go do a trail run for the first time or a trail race or in a new place. Like, Oh, I run trail all the time, but Oh my God, like here, I'm in Utah, you know, like something different that there's an adversity. And then if you're running with other people, yeah, there's a, there's a camaraderie. You're just, you're all out there together and not that you're running side by side the whole time but you're doing the event you know you all catch up at the end when everybody finishes from whatever your little group might be and there's instant just feel uh, as soon as you cross the finish line there's instant gratification you just say okay it's done you you have now officially just accomplished something yeah. and then everybody comes in and you talk if you talk to the friends like you all just got through something that was really hard yeah. so you've accomplished it. You, you did it together, and and what you accomplished was something difficult in some way, whatever yeah. the way it was. Maybe you went out and well, we're just going to do a two mile run, but it's going to we're going to go fast, or we're going to do hills during it, or something, right? Who knows? And I, some of my favorite times in the service, mostly in the core, but we would be out on some big training exercise, big training operation, I, and I think right away what comes to mind was one time we we're at Okinawa. But also like in 29 palms and we'd be out in the field for let's say a week and we're doing all kinds of who knows what crazy stuff the coming back was a cool feeling and i was in a unit where we had these big light armored vehicles these big eight-wheel armor vehicles They're not tanks but they're they're wheel they have a big they have a big turret a big gun and i was a scout though like i wasn't a vehicle person but we were just to the back and we'd go out and we'd patrol for miles and hours and whatever but we'd be popped up like there's hatches on the back so you could like stand up and be like popped out like a i'm trying to describe like convertible or like the back of a pickup truck imagine where people are just like hanging out coming back from a training up you're tired you've been out there for a week you're dirty you stink uh but that feeling of like riding back and like riding back into base was really cool you just did something hard you did it together and you finished it
0: yeah
1: so a, a hard run or just a run can be like that too
0: were you running before the military like was that something that you did or was it is that where it started well,
1: Not not much i i did i did track in high school but i did sprints like i did the shortest you could do it's like the yeah. polar opposite of what
0: of what you do, you, now. You do now
1: yeah it's so yeah bizarre i did the 100 meter 200 like the 200 i would do if i had to because it was long um <laughs> <laughs> the 100 and like the four by one relay i l- and i love those um and then i had to run a bit like in, in wrestling we ran a lot like in high school level like nobody runs more than or well frankly we ran more than the cross-country people did um just because you needed that that endurance. oh yeah you need that endurance it was huge um but but i hated it and then did uh track but no running like wasn't a thing i joined the core and like all of a sudden oh yeah by the way we run a lot oh shit uh, so uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> if i had only known
1: what the hell yeah they have the, their <laughs> their physical fitness test is the longest of all the services it's a 3 mile run pull ups and sit ups and yeah so i'm like 3 miles oh my god and it was yeah i never was like into it ever I would get through i was a middle of the pack runner i would do my three miles in like right around 20 20 30. and i was middle of the pack um so there's a lot of guys like you had to get 18 minutes to get a perfect score um and there's a bunch that did that but like yeah i mean i look back on it like man i was running pretty good back then but i was middle <laughs> of the packer i wish i could go back to that in those days right. um so no, didn't didn't like it, really didn't do it. Didn't got out of the core, didn't run. Like every once in a while I would like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go run and then, you know, do like two miles and hate myself and wouldn't run for like a year. So it wasn't a part of my life at all, at all. Joined the army. It still really wasn't. I had every once in a while I would run and I would hit the Patapsco State Park. Um, because I live like right next to it. Uh I'll go hike or a couple times, but it still wasn't really a part of my life. Afghanistan, I ran a little bit out there um, just because it's something to do. Came back from Afghanistan, work, home. A lot of stuff was was tough right at first, then it got better. Still in the Army Reserves. And then a few years later, I deployed to Iraq. That's where I started running more. Um, and that's where that mantra, the that's me alone in the dark, came to mind okay i was at a rock was a completely different deployment for me it was boring it sucked but um i was at this base where i could run like inside the base like in the perimeter at night and it was you know it's not always hot there like the it's like a desert climate so in the winters you know it gets cool like it dips down at night and but in the summer yeah it was pretty hot like the month of july for like three weeks straight it was like 124 Um so you'd run at night i would and you know it dropped down right. to like 95 <laughs> or 90 and it felt great oh my god uh, but and it's built like bone dry so um but i would go out at that became an escape it was the the job flow there we were working like easily like 14 17 hour days every day and just like mind i mean i mean i was a desk jockey But i was responsible for like a lot of stuff and just like pouring through all this crap and i had some bosses there that were shitty it was uh it was awful um so my escape was to go out I get done i go and i go run and a little bit a little bit and then that built up and i would run like the interior perimeter of the base through huge sections of base that are like dark at night there's nobody around i mean there's Local third country, like Racky's up in like a guard tower, and I'm just run pat like, like who's this weirdo? Um, but I loved it, it was just me alone, and it was dark a lot of it, yeah, a little lit area. The area. Then, yeah, and I was able to, it became a thing. So I started running like pretty regularly there, and I would do long, slow runs. Um, and then they had the uh, there's the army 10 miler big race people know of. Yeah. And they yeah. they ran it there. Like, they did a, a concurrent event there. The base, like, company, the company, private company, contractor that runs the base itself, like, they put this whole thing on. And we ran the official, like, Army 10-Miler. I got the, like, the, the same, like, finisher medal. Um, we had a local T-shirt, but they did this whole thing. A whole lot of people did it. And so I ran the Army 10-Miler there. Um, first long race i'd ever really done i had done the, the market street mile in frederick like once or twice before which is just like a mile race that's just kind of fun this is the first hell i don't even know if i'd done a 5k before at that point this so i did that yeah got through it was hard but and then i came back from iraq April, february 2017 a lot of shit happened in life when i got back and that fall, I started, I joined my first running group, started really running consistently, and I joined the Charm City Run 10K training group out of the Columbia store that fall. Okay. And that's what really, in a way, brought me to today. That was the first time I was in a running group, and training group, and consistent. And uh, for that one, I was like, oh, I want to do this across the bay, 10K. That, that seems really cool. So I joined the group made all these friends and uh yeah i that that was really like the birth of my consistent running later like after i joined like that training group and got into running consistently what drew me and then has kept me in the in the trail running side um the accomplishment um during trail trails can be different for me at least i will more often enjoy it during the run most of it, it's slow i i take i follow the the training paradigm of like fast majority you know at least 80 percent is long slow distance um slow like just out there trotting along for you know a long time and you're so you're able to enjoy it a little bit more like hey i'm going through the trail of patapsco and like every time it's different right you run the same trail every day but every day it's going to be different because there's trees are out or they're gone or it's been rain or there's a different wildlife or, you know, so every time there's like something different to see and different view. Um, I do enjoy that a lot more than road where it's not as fun along the way. Even if I go to some other route, it's just not as fun for me. Um, It's another house. No, it's on the it. road. It's another I, sidewalk. I yeah. That's it's it. it. It's Gee, time. Yeah. And I'm not judging. It's just, that's my, but what he said like is so true. But you know, some even on trail like they can be tough or not fun. Maybe it's a shitty day. That's like, oh, it's great. It just got colder. And it started raining. Like you know, I just went out. I I did that a couple of weeks ago. I was in marysville and I ran. I, I did like a short one. But like it it rained hard twice and snowed on me. And I've done that. I done I did one in the same place there. And I, I came back like just covered in ice. And uh, it's, it can be awful. But when you get done like oh my god you feel so good and i think that's a huge part of why people why there is the uh quick rebound after a hard trail race uh and why everybody jumps on ultra sign up that later that day and signs up for their next one because you're in the afterglow of having just accomplished that
0: right like all of a sudden forget like those last like miles where you're like cursing yourself for ever signing up and you're like <laughs> sure,
1: if, if they could do stats of like at time the average like from like when rate on a given saturday sunday like all through the year when re- given races end and, like how quickly anybody who's registered how quickly they got back onto ultra sign up for their next one i think it would be fucking fascinating it'd be hilarious
0: i think they should just at that finish line they should probably just have a table there where you can just like
1: yeah i mean that's it's genius just... Yeah, like a kiosk. Like there's just this ultra sign up kiosks automated. It's just there. And you just like, you know, and you just oh, okay. Oh my god, they would get so many registrations. Like they totally would.
0: Yeah, you get your medal and then you go to the kiosk.
1: Yeah. You, just, you scan your ultra sign up card that we will all have, or your 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 app, right? They'll have like a like a QR code on the app and you're like, welcome, Carl Starkey, you know, and you just click register totally
0: that's awesome <laughs> that's so true <laughs> there would be oh a lot
1: there'd be a line for the porta potty and there'd be a line for the kiosk because there'd be like <laughs> oh dude i'm so doing it <laughs> that's so true <laughs> oh my god You're
0: making me laugh so hard um so you got but at first you were a road runner because you did the yeah. um uh, but then you got into trail so you did the did the Fay run right the is that what it was yeah like I'm not 10 something across
1: the bay. and then have, when did you like step over to the trail uh, I, I did row for a while like that year so that fall and then all through 2018 um i did a whole bunch i did like a lot of the all the area ones um let's see across the bay and then like right after that was the zacking run which is really fun zacking 10k uh amazing app. Like it was just fun. Just a stupid 10 K. you actually run through like the turf Valley golf course, but then that's 10 live music, free pizza, free beer, free bloody Marys cookies, all this stuff. It was, it was really fun. So I did that one and some other like Celtic maybe then, and then, uh, the next year, you know, Shamrock, soul, the, the, the B3. Um, I don't think I did it as the B3 that year, but then like Charles street 12 that next fall or August, a whole bunch of other ones, um the Cinco de Cinco de Miler because that was like the last year they had it. A, a oh, whole bunch cute. of them. All... Cinco What's that?
0: I like the Cinco de Miler. That's great. That's clever. That's... I probably shouldn't be that like <laughs> impressed by that, but uh...
1: it, it's, it's a Charm City <laughs> One or Charm City Run race. It, uh, okay. it was fun.
0: Yeah.
1: All, tons of yeah, all kinds of roads. So I think I would run on the trail every once in a while all through that year. And then in 2019, I continued to do more. I did a bu- still did a bunch of road. I did my first ever half marathon in 19, um, Canadian Valley. And then I did uh, Frederick half in 19. I think I did the B3. Although I don't know if I did the Charles c 12 again, but I, I did some of those and the uh, Baltimore 10. I like all the like local area road races that like everybody does. But in 2019 early, charm city did the out of the columbia store they did that like intro to trails group and it was like end of january like last week of january or something through march and while i had run trails on my own that was the first time formally like getting out there with a bunch of people um and learning a little bit about what's different about running on trails and trail a little bit of trail culture that's all it took we got through that, you know start out. It was cold as hell. It's you know snowy and shitty or out there, but like as a group, but it was cool. And we we had a target race that you know if you if you wanted to, you could do it was the Rosaryville ten uh, k um in March. They have like a couple different uh, distances, but so I did that. and that was my first ever trail race. I did the ten k. And did fine um but i was sold I, doing that that group it introduced me to all these areas of patapsco that i had never been and it was amazing uh, just running is running sure but it is different
0: yeah i mean what are, i what i'm hearing is that trail runners are better than road runners
1: well That's obviously what i hear
0: you saying I mean, yeah like you did the groups with the you know the, the regular race Road runners, but then you met the trail runners, and you were like, "No, these are my people." Yeah, <laughs>
1: I was like, "Okay, yeah, I now I, I stepped up my game because it's better." Um, I I think that it, I think it is different. Like, I, I mean, obviously, I've done both, and I, I'm sure I'll run another road race at some point, just for whatever, some fun thing. Um, And I run on roads even now. Like sometimes I can't hit the trail. You know, there's been like heavy rain you know you shouldn't go out on the trails because you'll hurt them so like I'll you know go run on the road or I don't have much time I can just pop out of the door and just run around you know the neighborhood for a short run and get it in but yeah I there 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 are two the two are different a little bit the culture I think um it's a mix sometimes people stereotype oh trail runners like they're all like this dirtbag mentality like this kind of like Colorado Utah like everybody's got long hair and uh, it's just like, I don't know, like a almost like a like a stoner runner type of attitude. <laughs> like all of them, every single trail runner is like that. Like, no, that's not a thing. Um, there's a lot of that. It's a little know, less intense of like of of a uh, social demeanor. The starting line for me, my experience, my limited, very limited experience, the starting line at a trail race is not as intense as it is in a road race. Oh, my God, it's wildly different. People are a little bit more, there's a little bit more camaraderie, um, a little bit more of like everybody kind of invested in each other's experience and success. The fact that, especially because in trail they tend to be longer races. There's plenty of short ones, but it it leans way heavy. Um, 50k, you know, and beyond. Like people think of trail running, it's not just ultras, but that's the center of gravity is definitely you know at that end. So just finishing is an accomplishment. If everybody f- just finishes, it was a complete success. That's all. That's all you need to do. Nobody cares that if nobody met their their goal time so what we all finished um like yeah personally you might be a little disappointed whatever but still just the fact that you finish is big and and that changes the dynamic a little bit it's a little it is a little bit more like casual low-key stoner west coast kind of whatever thing. there's a little bit of that in there um The fact of like the way the aid stations are especially for an ultra like it's not you know a gel pack and a half cup of gatorade it's quesadillas and pickles and potatoes and skittles and m&ms and fireball and mountain dew and coke and chips as well as gatorade and stuff but like and they're out there like having a blast and like i mean they're just chefs like dishing the stuff out and they themed a stage, like it's a party for the people that are supporting the race. It's a, it's just a totally different vibe in a race. Dude, are
0: you like, is somebody sponsoring you right now to say this, like, to sell ultra running, <laughs> trail running right now? I feel like you're like the spokesperson for trail running. You've just sold, you've just sold it like so hard. It's like, I, I, like, I don't even want to run my next marathon now. Like, I just, I, don't, I mean, that's it. It's, that's it's like how could you not want to
1: do that well it's kind of like that like there's i'm not sponsored but i'm i'm but i'm always looking always interested um (laughs) (laughs) but i'm open uh hashtag hashtag start um That's what I, I love. It. Like so, on my own, but that's race. And there's a big difference between races and, of course, races and just training. And I think actually the difference is more stark. Funny, more stark in trail running than. I like how you did that. I see road. what you did there. What, what do you mean? <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> the uh, out trail. So like just training runs, that's a difference too. I'm gonna go hit a trail. I'm gonna see wherever you live. In the, you know, in, in the Maryland area, like pretty much always like in the woods, right? I um, in the woods, you're going to be in like the fields, mountains here. And frankly, I enjoy most of my training alone. I run mostly alone and I prefer it that way. Um, I've got with friends every once in a while, but it's a big thing to just be out there yourself. I like in my head, in a good way. And just thinking things, um, you have to at the micro level, the micromechanics of the trail, You have to watch your footing. You're going out on a trail. You can't just look in the, at the horizon and completely zone out of where you are. It's a combination. You can on the road, and I'm not. I'm not knocking at it all. It's just different. There's a fact that a sidewalk or a road is flat and generally doesn't have too many craziness in it. You know, occasional pothole maybe or curb, but on the trail every step is different. Every step, there's a root, a rock, um, a hole, mud. It's at an angle. It's every single step you have to pay attention to. And you have to look ahead. So you look close and anticipate looking ahead. There's a lot more elevation change. You absolutely can run big hills on the road for sure. You almost can't run a trail without having some kind of change of something i mean there's certainly flat things algonquin 50k is a super flat uh, race um but it'd be almost impossible to find it like completely flat so you have to micro focus but at the same time you also can also zone out like you have you're aware of your surroundings like oh there's the sounds there's nature there's animals uh, there's other people hiking and stuff you don't This is a great thing. You don't generally have to worry about cars. It's great, never crossing a street. Oh my god, what a change that is! Go for two. Imagine like go for two hours and never have to cross a road, never have to watch for a car. Like that's amazing. Yeah. So you're this micro focus and macro at the same time, and it's so it 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 forces a different mentality as you're going along, and that's just in a training run. Maybe you go out for like you know two miles or four miles. You go out for you know half hour. You still have all that happening and i love that you both are like in your head and out of your head at the same time and it's it's fantastic and a race i
0: was gonna say i think you explained that that beautifully go on about your race though
1: oh that's (laughs) or or a very long run or race or a little bit different just like in even a road it doesn't matter obviously if, if you go really long distance in a race you're supported like It might just be your half cup of water. You know, if you're lucky at your aid station at mile 20 of your marathon, Um, it might just be that, but it is there, but I mean, I'm not knocking or anything. Um,
0: (laughs) Measly little, you know, trinkets that we get. Your little,
1: your little Dixie cup. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, (laughs) But it is there, right? It's provided. Like, like you don't have to worry about that's nice. Like you go along, like you don't have to wear a, you know, 17 gallon pack because you're in a race like it's going to be there for you and and a trail race as well like it's there when you when you out do solo training it's not there getting ready for this race you know i'm doing 20 20 plus mile training runs i have to figure out how i'm going to carry or have pre-positioned or what i'm going to do to have all that for me and it's it's a little different out there um maybe on a trail than an there's not gonna. I'm not gonna be going by any stores. I'm not gonna be going by stuff. I have to figure out how I'm gonna have all that stuff available. Um, and and then in a race, it's uh, for both. It's different. Same with the trail race. It's it's gonna be there. It's you're gonna have a if you at a good race, these amazing aid stations. Um, did I mention quesadillas and potatoes and pickles?
0: You did. You did. Okay, the I only- wasn't
1: sure. <laughs> wasn't.
0: M Ms, what stuck out to me?
1: Fireball, chips, um, soup. Actually, beer, broth. That's a good one though too. Like in the winter races, oh my god, what a fucking lifesaver! Little Riff. cups of hot broth. Oh, so good. Isn't so that crazy? Good.
0: How much you appreciate like broth when you're on the run like
1: that? Changes your life. <laughs>
0: like, no
1: cup of soup has ever been as good as that cup right there. Like holy shit. So oh, I got into trail running twenty nineteen, like that training group. I still was doing like some road races with friends, but trail like my heart opened up, like it touched me. Yeah. And it and it was a perfect combination or perfect complement to helping me give me a, a t- time and a forum that worked for me to deal with things in my head, as well as discover a new aspect of this sport that I loved. So the two blossomed throughout the rest of 2019. Um, I did a couple races, I did lots of training. My first like big trail race that fall, Tuckahoe 25K. That was the longest race I'd ever done at that point. It's great. Fall of 2019, yeah. And then 2020 came in and I did, I I was I did a really smart thing. January, it was like January 4th of 2020, this group did this uh, Patapsco Trail Party, this like kind of fat ass informal, hey, let's run all through Patapsco. And I was like, ah, sure, I'll do it. Well, we, I mean, it was, you know, simple. We just, we started in Sykesville and ran all the way the entire length of the Patapsco State Park to Elk Ridge, you know, 32 miles. Um, I had only ever run as much as half that distance before, but I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll just come out and do it. So I did, and it was insane. It was, yeah, double the distance I had ever run before. Uh, It was cold and it started raining and really slow. And I was in this little group of people that I didn't know anybody. I just joined this group, this whole big group. This this guy that organized it is amazing thing. We started in Elkridge. He got a friend who had a bus, a school bus, everybody boarded. We all drove out to Sykesville because it was point to point, dropped off and we ran all the way back, and he had friends set up along the way it was like aid stations, I fell in with this little group at the very back, and like we barely made it to the end um but that was amazing, and that was my first like unofficial ultra
0: okay how far was that sorry
1: like thirty two ish okay right around there, so like a fifty k you know windy, and it wasn't an official um It was awful but also i mean i got done and i was like dead but also amazing um that was really yeah it was a really big deal
0: and then how did um the bigger than the trend like where did that come in like
1: i heard about them that year yeah uh, 2020 so obviously some things changed in 2020 for the world um that was in january and then i signed up for the uh seneca 50k seneca greenway trail thing 50k in march um so i was training and i did seneca in march and it was like right after like a week later it was like everything started shutting down because of covid um so i'd done that i i kept training but i online and i don't honestly i don't remember exactly how but i i I saw some things about Bigger Than the Trail just on Facebook, um, something. And they did this, you know, virtual races were, were starting as like a thing, you know, how big they've become. They existed before, but oh my God, 2020, they they broke out like huge because that's all you could do for the most part. So in May 2020, they did, Bigger Than the Trail did this thing called the Block Party. And the idea was it was a virtual run race, Hey, most of us or a lot of you can't get out there and do something so you can run around your own block, like just do that. And it was just a fundraiser for mental health. like do some simple as you want, like, you know, just run around that, you you know, you'll get a T-shirt and stuff or, hey, do more. And they like did a live stream all day long of some of like the core bigger than trail people you could like live stream your, your own stuff or send in pictures and stuff. And they just kind of like held, hosted this like central online live stream thing all day long for anybody that wanted to just dip in like a YouTube channel and just run your race or don't do that at all and run your block, run a 50K, whatever you wanted to do and wear your bib or you know post about it and just supporting mental health. So I heard about them and that, and I I did a run. I think I went out in Petapsco and did a did a run and i just started following them more and more online and reading about them and it, it it just yeah hit me like this is really interesting stuff this is cool here's a group of people it's not just about running or about trail running that's where they started but here's a group of people that are trail runners promoting mental health awareness facilitating free mental health counseling. That's really cool. I I like that.
0: Is there something that you feel like running um, or, or the most important thing that stands out to you that running has taught you about you?
3: Um... Yeah, there's a, so many honestly. It's funny. So, I guess for me running is a lot of just like a limit. Like what is my limit? And can I can I find it? Does it exist? Like is everybody like, you know. So, um so 100 miles I'm not done yet. I want to go further. But for me what I've learned so far is that yeah, you can really with the right amount of determination like your mind can overdo so many things that your body can't and um yeah it's the community is the thing i learned i don't know like i don't know how to explain it but just that community is definitely what i learned um i came into this kind of thinking like oh if i run 100 miles that'll be really cool and people like that people look at me different Mm. and then like so in a weird way i guess you could say i was looking for friends like i hoping people would think i look cool or whatever um and then i made so many friends in such a different way so it fulfilled that need but like in such a better way than i ever expected that's what it taught me was like i had this void i was looking to fill it and i kind of did but in a way better way like the community is what i was missing in life and that's what it taught me it was like i was missing something and i needed this and uh,
0: so i guess if you were to say something to somebody out there who was like struggling, like, do you have, like, what would your advice or like, what words of hope would you give to somebody who, you know, goes through the kind of the same things you do, like with the depression yeah. or like, you know, what, how would, how would you advise them to, or talk to a friend and and be like, you know, what would you say to someone going through it?
3: Yeah. So, you know, um, what would I say? I would say that, when you're in the hole, it's always hard to see. You know, it's dark, and you're down in there. You're depressed. You're just—I don't know. It's funny because as soon as the light shines, you notice all the hands that are reaching in to help you out. Just look up. Like I—I I know it sounds so funny, and it, it, it's really hard though. And I, I'll admit that when I'm depressed, it's so hard to look up. Like, and by that, you know, look up a name in your phone and call it. Like I have a friend that when I'm feeling it, I just I ring them up out of the blue and sometimes I get a voicemail and sometimes I get an answer. It is what it is. But yeah, I mean, there's so many people out there willing to help so many uh, people that you, you wouldn't expect Yeah, I, I've remodeled people's homes and like sat and had a talk to them about just life and like how they're feeling. And it's like, you know, when we relate like that, it just, it, it means so much more and it feels so much better. I, it took me so long to talk about suicide and then one day I did and suddenly I realized and then I realized even more and suddenly I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've been suicidal for so long. I've been fighting it for so long that like I thought it was normal. And then once I got rid of those thoughts and started like it's like, oh, it is such a relief. I think that's why running hundred miles is easy because I'm not fighting those thoughts anymore. Like I'm like, Oh, I can do anything now. Like <laughs> right. that for so long. Like, um just keep fighting, you can get through it. And there's people there to help,
1: and there are there is help, which leads right into one way of getting help is getting counseling. Um, there's a lot of barriers to access for people. Money is a huge thing. That's the first thing. How, you know, how do I afford it? The state of, I won't get political, but the state of healthcare, health insurance is difficult. I'll say it that way in America. A lot of people don't have insurance at all, or theirs doesn't cover any kind of mental health services. Um, and that's getting past the stigma to even do it anyway. Or how do I get to a place? How do I, I, well, I have to go to somewhere? Where, where can I do that? And how do I do that during the workday? There's a lot of barriers to access. So we have an agreement with BetterHelp, which is a huge nationwide mental health services company, uh, counseling company, like it's, it's a, their norms are all over. And we have an agreement with them where we raise funds and people are able to get connected with a mental health counselor for at least three months of free counseling and all done uh, remotely online, which everybody's used to now because of the last two years anyway. Uh, th- these are great, as awful as COVID was, for all those that have, have suffered and died and, and the families of all those, if we can pull, uh, we try to pull good things out of, of the bad and, and some of this you know, able to ability to do things remotely is a is a thread that we, we pull out and we you know, can continue to run with that thread. And it works for mental health counseling. Um, it works in a lot of ways too because there's there's a way to avoid, people can feel safer not walking into like a, you know, a shrink's office.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like that. Now I'm just home alone. I'm just going to pop on to Zoom and meet with my counselor. So Bigger in the Trail, we we facilitate that. You go to the website and there's a, for, a very simple form fill out, like really quick. It's not a whole mental health form. It's your name and email and blah, blah, blah. Boom. You will get an email back, not necessarily like instantly, but soon. And you'll get connected with BetterHelp and they'll set it up and pair you with a counselor and you're on your way to a start with mental health counseling Um, sessions uh, live you know video sessions um, texting messaging as well i don't have the stats here with me now but it has grown immensely but uh, already i think this month or last month uh march we 79 was that 79 new people Getting services on top of everything to begin with, which is like fourfold what we had before, but it's thousands of sessions and messages, thousands and thousands. That's awesome. um, and over the course of the year, like 10,000, tens of thousands of messages and sessions and hundreds and hundreds of people through it just in like last year alone. I, I wish I had the stats right handy. Um, so that's what we do. Is it just three months? Uh, it often can be. Um, extended and i mean quite often is in three months doesn't mean all right you started april boom 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 it could be stretched out over time depending on what you and your counselor are doing you know we meet today and maybe we don't meet again till you know end of may or june so it's 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 open it's flexible the whole point is to get people started with it yeah. the at- tommy posted something like looked up some information he posted a little while back the apparently like the average time between when someone recognizes in themselves that they want to seek some mental health counseling and to when they actually do that first time is 10 years why why barriers to access money time knowing even where to go i have no how do i even look it up we can help with those things uh the initial cost, having resource. Hey, just go here, and it will all be brought to you. You don't have to look anything up, right? We can help with some of those barriers to get people started. The biggest barrier is relates to the stigma and awareness, and people getting over the hump of choosing to engage in something. And that's that's tough. That's going to always be a struggle, and we can okay. all help with that.
0: Do you have a mantra or anything that you want to leave us with is there anything you when things get tough do you is there something that you say to yourself
3: okay so i actually so there's two of them um my first one is it's a quote from uh, mike tyson when he was on joe rogan um i think the second time and it was just discipline is doing something you hate like you love it and it's so true like I hear so many people say, oh, I hate running. It's like, yeah, I probably hated running at one point too, but then I learned to love it. Like I even, I kind of remember when I was a teenager, like being like, oh, I love running. Like not really loving it, but like, just being like, you know what, like I'm going to have to do it and it keeps me in shape. So what's the big deal? Like it's doing that. And then the other one, I kind of want to look up real quick so I don't screw it up. It's um, it's a poem I have it right here. So it is uh, do not go gentle into that good night by Dylan Thomas. And one of the stanzas in it and I want to make sure I get that right is. uh, Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day rage rage against the dying of the light. And I often say that to myself when I'm running because In my mind, I just want to do as much as I can before my time is gone. Like we get one existence here.
0: Thanks so much to Adam and Charles for their time and vulnerability. They are both phenomenal humans and I'm honored to be a part of the running community with them. Even if I'm just a mortal roadrunner. On behalf of the show and our listening community, thank you both for your service to our country and continued service in our community. If you want to connect with Adam or Charles and to support bigger than the trail, please check out the show notes for links. You're like, awesome to talk to. I had such a good time. I've, i Have you done podcasts before? You're like an amazing guest.
1: Uh, no, I haven't. It's it, the reason it's it's, so good the reason you're i mean you're you are very lucky to have had this is because i'm a trail runner see mm-hmm. and we're just better people
0: i uh, i may have to like schedule my interviews with trail runners going forward solely. maybe i'll change the name of the show
1: uh maybe <laughs> but- trail running will help
0: We've been cleared for landing. Thanks for listening to the Maybe Running Will Help podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the show, please remember to share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at one classy mother runner, And to keep up with the show, follow Maybe Running Will Help. This episode briefly discussed suicide and suicidal ideation. If you or someone you know is struggling, call or text 988 988- and talk to someone now.
2: I hit recorded, job, you can't ignore it I'm transforming, now these cars and planes, I'm always boarding Just out touring down in Charlotte like I play for Hornets When I'm performing, never boring, now you can't afford it Champagne, Perrier, finished friends on my face Looking like I'm from the D, These no Cartier's Pockets deep, 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 bro, I can make it in my seat, bro Do you, I'm doing me, bro, making noise, use a And it for no reason Got a ball head, Mr. Cleaner Heard the big bags overseas